How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 25 of the Shytown Podcast. Today, it's just me, and I'm going to be talking about the Bears and the Blackhawks. Apologies, this is probably going to be a shorter episode, just because there is not a lot to talk about. Um, unfortunately, no Thomas. He's still feeling under the weather. Um, he wanted to come on today, but I said, uh, I said we were talking, and it was kind of just um, a boring news day. Wednesday's episode, we're going to have probably a heated college basketball conversation. Um, as you know, on the Twitter, if you saw, uh, I had a couple of new basketball takes that uh, Thomas disagrees with. So that'll be a fun episode for sure. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but today, just me talking Bears and Blackhawks. I do want to shout out uh, Mr. Koopman. That's Frank's Frank's dad. Frank was on the podcast on Friday talking baseball. We're going to try and get him on for some of his ridiculous baseball takes. He disagreed with a lot of my takes, a lot of Frank's takes, which, of course, we both have hot takes. But we're going to try and get him on here soon in the next couple of weeks. Um, that'll be a super fun episode. So stay tuned for that. We'll let you know when that happens. Uh, but let's get into let's get into it today. Uh, let's start with the Bears are cutting two of their cornerstone players from the 2018 NFC North division winning team in Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair. Uh, I'll start talking about Whitehair. I mean, th th this is going to be a hole to fill. Like Cody Whitehair was a, was a starter for the Chicago Bears on the offensive line could play multiple positions on, on the offensive line and not so much the last couple years, but from 2018, 2019, 2020, really, really good football player. And I think the biggest thing about white hair is he, he was healthy. I mean, 2016, 16 games, 2017, 2018, 2019, 16 games, 2020, 14 games, 2021, 17 games, 2022, it was hurt, 12 games, uh, 2023, 17 games. I mean, the famous saying, the, the best ability is availability. And he, he was consistently playing on the offensive line for the Chicago Bears, 2018, fantastic year that was easily his best year of his career but overall like he was a solid player again this year and then last year there were his struggles he struggled snapping the ball was getting beat a lot it's it's gonna happen as offensive linemen you want to limit it still gonna be a tough it's a big hole to fill i mean poles is now gonna go need to get get a center which we knew at the beginning of the offseason anyway um, but it, it, I do firmly believe the bears offensive line is a center away from being one of the better units in the league. And it sucks to see him go 2018 was a fun year and he was a big part of that good locker room guy. We'll always have the Tariq Cohen video. Uh, if you know, you know, I'm not going to explain that one, but still that's, that's a, that's a tough loss for the bears. They're going to have to fill it, but let's, let's talk about Eddie Jackson. And I think we knew that this one was coming, but man, 
I don't think a lot of Bears fans were prepared for this one just because from 2017 to 2019, 2020, there was an argument to be made that he was the best safety in the NFL. And just from watching, getting really into football in the early to mid 2000s, 2010s, um, he had the best season of a safety I've ever seen in on that 2018 team. Started 14 games, six interceptions. He had two touchdown, two pick sixes, 15 passes defended, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and then against the Bills, that touchdown. Uh, I think Roquan Smith forced a fumble. 41 tackles, uh, solo tackles, 51 total, 51 total tackles, two tackles for loss. One sack. I mean, that season, that season, with that everyone on that defense was just so good. But that was like Eddie Jackson's true season where he played his natural position uh, and could just roam. And you saw how elite he was. And then they brought in HaHa Clinton Dixon next year. He was still really solid, but didn't put up any anywhere close to his 2018 numbers. 2019, only two interceptions, uh, five passes defended, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. I mean, the fact the guy has six touchdowns in his career, and those first two years he had, uh, he had one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> That's insane. Five touchdowns in two years as a DB is, man. I mean, it hurts. You knew it was coming. It, um. It's a smart move. They they free up cap space. Uh, I think you add both of them up. It's about thirty million. Uh, they're not going to get thirty million because there's going to be some dead cap. Uh, I'm just trying to look up uh, the exact number. Um, I can't find it. Oh. It, They'll they'll get about twenty million dollars in cap savings, which is large because if your team bring Jalen Johnson back, which I think I am, um, there's your Jalen Johnson money, and now you're they're up to I believe just under seventy million dollars under the cap, so seventy million dollars in cap space. Obviously, you'll have to sign rookie contracts, fill out the fifty three man roster and then you'll have free agency it, the money will be spent right now they're about third in cap space uh, good move hurt the heart a little bit just because i loved eddie jackson i i i honestly like that year for christmas it was i it was a freshman in high school and i was debating it was between eddie jackson and khalil mack bears jersey that was on my christmas list i ended up going with mack but it just Eddie Jackson was awesome, and sucks to see him go. But it is the right move. I trust polls. Um, well, let's get into some rumors here. Uh, I think I believe Thomas and I talked about this last week that uh, Daniil Hunter is a possible free agent target for the Chicago Bears, and I love this signing under the at the right price. I mean, I think we were talking 
probably somewhere in the three years, 60 to $70 million range, which is pricey. But the production he has, the, his only downside is he will be 30 years old next year. But his production is, it's ridiculous. 16 and a half sacks last year, 10 and a half sacks two years ago. 2021, he was injured in seven games. He still had six sacks. Last year, I'm sorry, 2019, 14 and a half sacks. 2018, 14 and a half sacks. I mean, he's just produced every single year. Been really good on that Vikings defensive line. Pair him with Dexter, Sweat, and Billings, and that defensive line is the strength of your defense. The only problem is they already have a lot of money invested in the defense. You have the the middle linebackers, you have Tremaine, and then you have Edwards, and then you just signed Sweat to that big extension. And Jalen Johnson's going to get paid twenty to twenty two million dollars. So there is there is an argument to be made to we'll finally spend on offense, especially if you're drafting a rookie QB or if you're sticking with Fields, help him out, which everyone knows he needs a lot of help. But if you're drafting Caleb Williams, bring him into an even better situation than he already is. Go get him another wide receiver, shore up the offensive line, maybe draft a running back. The biggest thing is Bears fans are always like, well, we've always had a good defense, but give me an offense that can score 30 points a game. That, that's all I'm going to say. And I, I'm perfectly fine if their only defensive move this offseason is drafting uh, a defensive lineman or an edge rusher in the mid to late rounds of the draft and re-signing Jalen Johnson because I think that unit is really solid. I, I Personally, I'd rather see them go sign a center, take a wide receiver at nine, take Caleb Williams at one, go sign – uh, wide receiver three in free agency, maybe bring in another tight end to play, pair with Komet. And I'd like to see him draft a running back. I really hope they don't pay a running back in free agency. Um, spend the money, polls. Smartly, though. We don't want any uh, a Ryan Pace situation where... Uh, we're, we're just constantly in in dead cap and in cap space hell. And speaking of Ryan Pace, since the season's over, the, the Danny Trevathan cap is finally gone, which is, that's just crazy to think about. But moving on, more reports that the Bears have received trade offers for Justin Fields and apparently uh, Albert Breer said that the Bears haven't shopped fields necessarily is that they were kind of talking with other teams at the senior bowl. So I'm not sure where that's going to go. Uh, but the big note from, from Albert Breer is the expectation is that the bears will have a plan in place in Indianapolis next week at the draft combine, which makes a ton of sense. Caleb Williams, if he bombs his draft interviews, they're probably not drafting him. And then depending on how much they like Drake may it'll be him or fields or Caleb Williams rocks out in his, in his interviews, it'll be uh, Williams is the pick. And then we'll see what they do with uh, on the trade front with, with fields. 
Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing about this is last year, especially around this time, I remember last year they traded the first overall pick during spring break. Uh, my sp spring break last year. Uh, I was actually coming home from a Cubs game, Cubs spring training game, and I was like, holy shit, we just got an insane haul for the first overall pick. Little did I know it would be this large with the first overall pick this year. Um, but the big thing of, of about last year is all the rumors, especially around this time, all the rumors were polls is confident in fields. They're most like they're shopping the first overall pick. They're most likely going to trade the pick this year. It's the other way around. And it's, the, the Bears are taking Caleb Williams. It, it's It would take a generational haul for them to trade out of the number one. And it, that overall, that doesn't mean anything. The only person that knows what he's going to do is Ryan Poles, right? But it is really interesting to see the, the difference from this year versus last year. Last year, everything was pro fields. This year's everything is pro Caleb or pro taking a quarterback. Obviously, I'm a Caleb Williams believer. I think Caleb Williams has the uh, ability to be a top five quarterback in this league. Tom, it's we're beating a dead horse. Thomas and I have gone back and looked at at the Super Bowls. Who's won the Super Bowl? They've all had elite QBs. Uh, I think the one maybe was Nick Foles, but he was on a Lynn Sanity run. Take the quarterback polls, please. Please. Moving on. There was an interview. I, I will say this, though. Since moving on, is it, it, this ties into what I was just saying, that the, the one pro fields kind of report not necessarily a report. It was just an interview was Kevin Warren had said that um, he was really pleased with the return they got from last year and they could do it again. Uh, I'm going to try and find the actual quote. Uh, one moment, please. Um, I cannot find it, but essentially his interview was extremely pro fields and it, 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 you can't discredit it because he's the president, right? He is the president and Obviously, he's not making the football decisions, right? He's more of, we'll get to what he's screwed up in uh, with the stadium, apparently. This is the new rumor. But he he was brought in to move the Bears in a, to a new stadium. He's not the deciding factor on if the Bears should trade fields or keep fields. That's Ryan Poles. Kevin Warren is more of the business operations. For the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles is the football operations. Speaking of Kevin Warren, though, apparently the new report is the Bears are looking at the lakefront again for a new stadium. And this would be 
don't because the lakefront, while it's a great scenic location for a football stadium, is the it'd be the same problems pain in the ass to get to, uh, no parking, there's, there's not really a train that goes by it. Our Arlington Heights is absolutely perfect for a stadium. There are three major highways, two, three major highways that go the exit you get off on 290 and 90. Those are the two, two of the biggest highways in Illinois. You get off on both of those, boom, you're in Arlington Heights. You get off, there are two train lines that run through there. And the train station is right next to where the Arlington Racetrack was. It is the perfect location. You could you essentially it'd be the Disney World for Chicago Bears because you could build a stadium, you could have a bunch of parking, you could you could build the infrastructure like Wrigley Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville has. And it'd be so easy to get to. They make so much money. And not and then not only for the Bears, you get the Super Bowl. You'd get the Big Ten Championship because they'd move that from Indianapolis. You'd get the um you get a final four for college basketball. You'd get so many more concerts because it would be an indoor stadium. I mean, if there were Olympics, you'd probably get an Olympic event in there. Obviously, the World Cup coming to the United States in 2026, uh, no stadium will be done by then. But if there another World Cup was to come to the United States, you'd get you'd probably be a, a host city for that World Cup. It makes way too much sense for them not to build in Arlington Heights. More rumors. Um, Brandon Ayuk apparently unhappy in San Francisco. And the new rumor circulating Bears Twitter is... Excuse me. Sorry about that. The new rumor circling Bears Twitter is that trade pick nine for Ayuk, and I think it was pick 31. I'm going to double check. It would be, yeah, so it would be Chicago receives... Um, Brandon Ayuk and the 31st overall pick. The 49ers receive the ninth overall pick. And with that pick, they draft Joe Alt, which ah, that's a steep price. Brandon Ayuk is a really good player. The only issue I would have with this is that you have all this cap space and now you're paying Brand. You'll have to pay Brandon Ayuk versus drafting a rookie contract wide receiver. So it would be it would be something to monitor. Um because I, I really I don't see how the 49ers are going to retain him because you're gonna have to pay Purdy pretty soon. He's gonna want or, or Ayuk's gonna want a large contract. You already have the McCaffrey contract. Uh, the 49ers if there was a year to do it, it was this year. To win the Super Bowl. I think they're probably still the favorite for the NFC next year. But after that, then you're getting into 
the there are just other teams. I mean, it's so hard to get back. You saw they were there in 2019, lost. It took them four years to get back to the Super Bowl, lost again. I mean, you're only going to be able to pay Brock Purdy the league minimum for so long, and you got to take advantage of it. So they're my pick out of the NFC as it stands right now, but we'll see how the offseason and the draft goes uh, because the Lions – the Lions are up and coming. The only problem is I, I don't think Jared Goff can win you a Super Bowl. Um, the Eagles are always still there. Who knows for the Cowboys? They always say it's their year. Uh, the Seahawks have a decent up-and-coming roster. The Cardinals have an up-and-coming, not necessarily up-and-coming, but the Cardinals are in a position to succeed for the future. It, it's tough. It's It's really hard to win in the NFL. I, I do think the 49ers kind of blew their chance at winning a Super Bowl. But what are you going to do? But let's talk Bears. This is not 49ers podcast. Uh, should the Bears tag Jalen Johnson if they cannot come to an agreement? Uh, yes. Yes, they should. If he doesn't want to play, that's fine. You have to trade him. But you cannot just let him walk. You can always tag him and then trade him and let another team pay him and at least get some for him. If they tag him and trade him, you could probably get a second-round pick. I do think he will sign a contract extension with the Bears. I, 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 the second-round pick thing, that that's like worst-case scenario. I If you're tagging trade Jalen Johnson, you should 100% be able to get a first-round pick. But I don't think it will matter. I think he's going to sign an extension somewhere four years 19 to 21 million dollars per year is is uh my guess. And that's really all the news that we got that I have for the Bears today. Uh so let's talk let's talk Blackhawks here. Is Connor Bedard is finally back and the team is exciting to watch again. And it was clearly it, it it's clearly evident at how much he drives the the offense. And we'll talk about that in a second. But with good news comes bad news. Lucas Reichel sent down to Rockford. I think everybody saw it coming. It's just... It's unacceptable. I, I had such high hopes for him this year. And it just... It hasn't worked out. I do think he will still be an effective top six player, but there are there are a lot of reasons for concern right now. Last year, his age 20 season, 23 games played, seven goals, eight assists, 15 points. This year, age 21 season, 50 games played, three goals, seven assists, 10 points. To, to put it, Frank, he just has not been good at all. The flashes have been there. But I, I don't expect flashes from him. I expect consistent production. And it'd be it'd be it'd be a, a different scenario if he if he hit the post 18 times this year. 
But when when you're watching the game, it's like, is he even out there? Sometimes you, you can't even – you don't even know if he's there. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Hopefully he regains that confidence back in, in Rockford and kind of kind of is able to right the ship. And, I mean, Richardson said he, 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 does, he does not expect – Lucas Reichel to be in Rockford long, long term. It's more of rebuild your confidence. There are a lot of young, solid offensive players down in Rockford that can help you out. And then just figure it out. Really, that that's the whole point of this Rockford stint. And uh, I know Thomas's roommate, Minnesota Wild fan, Brock Faber is not the Calder favorite. I, he should not get a first place vote. It is so obviously going to be Bedard, and the uh, Faber for Calder argument died five periods into Connor Bedard's return because he already had three points. And I, I was just saying this earlier. It is so evident at how much better of a team the Blackhawks are with Connor Bedard. He drives the um. The, the offense, he is the offense essentially, and there is not one player under twenty that would be um would be successful on on this this Blackhawks team, and. I think there's an argument to be had that Connor Bedard is already a top 15 NHL player just for how much success he's had on um, this terrible, terrible, terrible Chicago Blackhawks team. I, I, I mean, you put Logan Cooley on here. You, we're probably talking about Cooley, how we're talking about Lucas Reichel. It's, it's actually ridiculous how good this kid is. And it, it's, He's not even scratching the surface yet. There is a serious chance that he will be a perennial 125-point player with a team around him. Time will tell. He's got to stay healthy. His injury this year, that was a freak injury. Um, there's there's nothing to it. Uh, Blackhawks are underway in Carolina tonight, and... Uh, Three minutes and 30 seconds of the game, they are going to the power play. So we'll see if if uh, they can get on the board here. 0-0, Carolina dominated those first three minutes. And breaking news from Robert Murray. The Chicago Cubs are in agreement on a contract with David Peralta. Oh, boy. Good depth piece. Um, that is telling that, uh, what they think about the Cody Bellinger situation, which I disagree with, but who knows? We'll see what happens with that. Uh, I don't want to say it's a nothing burger, but it, it is interesting Thomas and I will talk about this on Friday, but just uh, breaking news 
on the Cubs is they have made a signing. We will have something to talk about on uh, Friday. <laughs> we'll have a lot to talk about with the Cubs on Friday. Golly. It's uh, looking very bleak for the outcome on free agency. I believe the Blackhawks are about to go on a five on three for a minute and 42 seconds. So let's see if they can get on the board. Uh, speaking of the Blackhawks, patience is key. Help is on the way. Oliver Moore, Frank Nazar, Ethan Del Mastro, Holton Dock, another top three pick most likely this year. Help is on the way. And it's going to be rough. They're probably going to be very bad next year. It, it would not surprise me at all if the Blackhawks finish bottom three again. Now, I could I could see them finishing bottom three, and I could also see them finishing around 10. It, it all depends on how the free agent process goes and I, I guess also who they draft uh, because I think the only um, prospect that would play right away is Celebrini and – Let's get into my top three for the Blackhawks. Obviously, Celebrini's one. Celebrini should be number one on everybody's list. Uh, number two, I have Caden Lindstrom. He's kind of soared through the draft rankings. Big, I, I've talked about him before. Big center would be perfect for this team. And then number three, I have Artem Levshinov. Big defenseman at Michigan State. Any one of those three guys, I think, is the perfect pick for the Blackhawks. Um, I do expect them to get a top three pick this year. If they fall to four, then I'm cool with the Sam Dickinson or Sileev, uh because they need a, a, a right-handed shot defenseman. Uh that's that's the one thing in their their prospect pool that they are missing. Speaking of defensemen, let's talk Kevin Korchinski. He has he was benched for a little bit um, in the previous game. Richardson said he just made a couple bad decisions, but then got him back out there. I don't know if I agree with benching your young players. This is a developmental year. Uh, but he has shown flashes. I had said that his comp is Kale McCarr. That's an extremely lofty comp. I don't think he'll be as good defensively as McCarr. But I think the offensive production can be there. And you saw he scored a goal a couple days ago. You see the potential. It's can he realize the potential. And someone who is realizing their potential is Philip Kershev. Um, yeah, he will make a lot of money playing on Connor Bedard's wing. And I'm really excited to see how their chemistry will kind of grow as the and the rest of this season plays out and the, the next season. Typical Blackhawks fashion, they fail to score on the five on three. Uh, what did you expect for the worst power play and the worst team in the league? That's all I have to say about that. But let's do 
I forgot to make a banner for this. Let's do our tankathon spins to uh, close podcast out. All right, here we go. Tankathon spin number one. Has this fall to two? I'd be fine with that. Has Seattle jump from 10 to one? Wow. Tangathon spin number two. Has this fall all the way down to three? Columbus gets some revenge for last year. And they jump up to one. Tankathon spin number three. Has us staying at one? Uh, we'll end it on that. That's the best news that um, any Blackhawks fan uh could get and the league will actually melt down if the blackhawks get two first overall picks in a row but that's going to be it for today thank you for listening again apologies for the short episode uh definitely stay tuned for wednesday's episode if you enjoy college basketball because it's going to get spicy with uh some of the takes here from thomas and from me but with that, we'll see you Wednesday, and Tom will be back, so you won't have to listen to me for 33 straight minutes. Have a good one.